This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. And we hate movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning into the program. Welcome to the first week of our new listener request month. Very excited for this. Chris is excited. <laughs> Chris little, is very excited. I, I'm a little, you know. It's I the most bitter. excited I've seen you get in like 10 years. Yeah, well, I mean, it's this and like what? The second Blade movie? <laughs> You got pretty excited. I got pretty excited. Hey, guys, they're making a sequel to Blade. Can you believe it? The vampire's mouth's open up, Mom. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty special. (laughs) What are you, the father? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's pretty special. Hey, that is uh, special. This coffee and paper is pretty fantastic as well. (laughs) This week's selection comes to us from Mike from Minneapolis, who had this to say. Hey, guys, this is Mike from Minneapolis. I'd like to request an American martial arts movie from 1985 called Pray for Death. This film has everything. Ninjas, Asian stereotypes, weird costumes, horrible acting, the world's dumbest protagonists, and, most especially, child endangerment. Lots of it. Guys, please review Pray for Death. You will have a lot of fun doing so. Thank you. And you know what, Mike? You're right. On the money. I had a lot of fun with this movie. 1985's Pray for Death, directed by a fella named Gordon Hessler. Also the Helmer of Kiss versus the Phantom of the Park, or whatever that fucking movie is. He also did um, The Murders at the Room. Or- he did a, he did the a one few with, Vincent Price movies. Well, he did the one with uh, Jason Robards, not the one with George C. Scott. Oh, no, no. No, no, no. But the one with Jason Robards, which is actually pretty good, which is kind of what... Makes you a little bit. How did this happen? And, and it's <laughs> how called, did all this happen? It's called the murders. Murders at the Rue Morgue. I think it's oh, called. Okay. Maybe maybe it was a incorrect IMDb, and they're just saying he murdered people at yeah, that, at that place. Oh, it that could be. be. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, with a movie like this, <laughs> it's a documentary. But my is, murders at the Rue Morgue. <laughs> this movie is a little bit of a we love movies this week, as far as I'm concerned, because this yeah. movie is a barrel of laughs and a whole lot of fun. This is. I mean. It's it's a ninja movie mixed with a revenge movie mixed with an the, idiots abroad movie, and it's sort of the vague drug trade because these the way the way yeah. the way this America lives and breathes is just like the perfect like nineteen eighties crime movie. Yeah. Oh, j- there is a high level of scuzz in this movie. Oh yeah. Big time scuzz. And the, by the way, so the, the, the clue from last week, I mean, this befuddled quite a few people. This film takes place in Houston, Texas, but we begin in Japan. That's yeah. that's what was going on. There was all sorts of confusion. And by the way, we're never going to do an episode on RoboCop 2. Get out of town. RoboCop 3, maybe. Well, well you know. Could be discussed. I was just, you know, 
RoboCops that famously take place in Detroit. <laughs> I the said city, Houston. The city has a statue of a fictional character but in it. It's okay. We all make mistakes. It's you know? totally yeah. fine. It's totally fine. And we're talking about Pray for Death. And, I mean, my God, I haven't had this much fun on the show since uh, since Best of the Best 2, I'd wager. Yeah. yeah. It's got that kind of vibe to it. Although, I got to tell you, it's it starts on the wrong uh, foot. We got a fake movie. The fake movie shit. It's got to stop. I don't, I don't need the fucking fake movies, man. Just start the real movie. I got places to be. Well, the, the opening, yeah, it's like... It's like what is going on? Because it's sort of like a Bond movie. Like it's yeah. like this, you know, they're they're like training and stuff. But then it turns into like this ninja adventure movie yeah. within a movie. Mm-hmm. And then you pull out, and the kids are his kids are watching it. And I was just like, well, that looked like a pretty cool ninja adventure as I well. I had no that. problem with it though. I'm settled into the ninja situation that's in front of me, which appeared to be pretty old school. Not necessarily feudal Japan, but mm-hmm. you know. Not present day or 1985 present day. You know? I, I got to say, though, like, I'll give it a pass this time because it kind of foreshadows his later going full ninja. Yeah. Like, you get to see some full ninja yeah. action real quick. And then, you know, you're like, yeah, oh, well. Anticipating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come back. I mean, it's fu- I I just kind of wanted him to be a ninja like I, I, really <laughs> just, just i he, he ends up well, you being, mean you mean like his profession yeah i just like, kind of wanted that to like i wanted him to do that and then get on a plane to come back home and then you know and then his adventure starts and his wife can be the executive or the restaurateur or whatever well in high school i worked at mcdonald's but uh i got a second job one summer as a ninja, ninja. it was I, pretty then, great you know hit the circuit it's been a couple of years since mm-hmm. then. Got my associates in ninjutsu, and you know the rest was kind of clear sailing. <laughs> I, that's kind of what I want. So we've got this main character, this fella Saito, mm-hmm. and he's a, he's a. This is the best part ever. Saito is a super successful businessman mm-hmm. in yeah. Japan. He's in line to you know succeed his boss or whatever is going on this huge promotion he's is gonna be up. like one of the youngest executives to ever work at this particular food distributor or something. beautiful house making japanese history man like this dude yeah you know making he's some serious yen like a yeah he's a, a <laughs> japanese version of a wunderkind you know this yeah. guy's he's still pretty young yeah, and you're you're right, Chris. His house is fantastic. A beautiful house. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful I, was, I, you, I, I was pretty jealous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, Big backyard. You could have a couple dogs back there. No dogs. A <laughs> couple of Japanese dogs. But you could have dogs. some Japanese dogs back there. <laughs> there may or may not have been a Japanese dog in that yard. <laughs> could have been. I'm not saying there couldn't have been, but I didn't see any. He's got two kids, and he's got a wife who's uh, Japanese American, who's somehow living over there. We don't, we don't have the story. Of I think that. it's like her father was American yeah. and like moved there, mm. and because um, he's buried yeah. in Houston. Yes, the 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 her parents are both buried in Houston, as we find out. So we're in Japan, and we get a little taste of their life here, including uh, you know both of his kids take karate class, uh-huh. which is uh, it's it's a really awesome like. Clearly, this movie, this it's a low-budget movie, and clearly this movie did not go to Japan to shoot the Japan sequences, because they go to this karate class, and yet there's a lot of Asian kids sitting around, but there's also a shit ton of white kids. Way more white kids than would ever be in a Japanese yeah. karate class, ever. Just all these white kids sitting around, so it's like, whatever 
Texas dojo they found themselves in, you know. We're at karate class. And unlike Arnold Schwarzenegger for, from a couple weeks ago, this dad makes it to that fucking karate class right on time. Right on time. He's re- I mean, His kids do not hate his guts. They love their father very much. I mean, I, you kind of get the feel like he's not riding these kids. At least he, I mean. <laughs> he's not, no. No, but like you get the feeling that at one point he probably like had a really stern talk to them yeah. like about this stuff. Yeah. I mean. About karate? About karate and how important it is for structuring your life and such things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you got to sell them on it. Yeah. But I did want to, before we get into karate class, because it is hilarious. Uh, one thing I also don't like about this beginning thing is it's a big thing. Uh, while they're watching the movie, they're like, who's the black ninja? Who could the black ninja be? Is it Because in, in the movie that starts a thing, and it's clearly their father. You mean the actor playing yeah. the black ninja? It's clearly the father. That's shitty. And they kind of they are, they kind of also like later on tease the father about like why can't you do why right, can't like, you do the they don't the, know the, that the he, moves why yeah. he's got the moves he's got like a secret dojo and like he keeps that shit separate and it's like the kid the kids don't know about this 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 black ninja stuff I'm into like they yeah can't but know they're about like it. busting his balls about it it's exactly like if you only he's looking at him like yeah I am just a loser who doesn't know karate and I love that they're in Japan and they're just like going back and forth in like broken English to each other around the dinner table I mean yeah. it's for our benefit I mean, really but like one of the lines is. They're still ninjas. I've seen them, haven't I, Dad? <laughs> and then, and Akira Sato just goes, uh, uh, "If you say so." <laughs> yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying you're a liar. <laughs> oh God, the ninja shit again. God damn it! I am not going to have this battle, this war of words with you again. Yes, you saw a ninja one time. Just Go to bed. <laughs> Look, the All in the Family reruns are only on from 7 to 9. Could you just fucking lay off it for a minute while I just take it in for a minute here? These are two kids that are obsessed with ninjas, and it's got to get pretty obnoxious. It would it would kill me. Like all they're talking about is ninjas. The whole the first 20 minutes of this movie is just nothing but ninja jib-jab. It's obnoxious. I would get them like one of those like dummies that like you can hang out in the backyard and they could just kick it and whatever thing. Like, a like my buddy and me. Yeah, well, no, bigger than my buddy. <laughs> oh, mean, oh, Stretch Armstrong. Yes, because <laughs> he stretches. Dad, I'm gonna beat the shit out of the Stretch Armstrong. He's an ninja, right, Dad? Yeah, that's fantastic. Go and do that <laughs> uh, if you say so. <laughs> so the 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 wife is like, hey, so. Kind of got this big opportunity I wanted to tell you about. I might have a sweet deal on a derelict Houston, Texas restaurant that we should totally upend our lives and and start running and and make over. And this is where you get the exposition about him being like, you know, one of Japan's top 40 to watch under 40. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like... He's like, well, you know, uh, this promotion would make us like the fifth richest family in this country. But, uh, well, I suppose if you want to go run this shitty, greasy spoon, just okay. Take a week off and go visit the grave. You don't have to move to Houston. Yeah, you should really fly out there first, get a lay of the land. Get fucking a hotel room, a nice hotel room in the city. Because that's the thing. If they saw beforehand, if they saw beforehand what they were going to get into, 
you would say no. You Absolutely. would decline the sale of this restaurant. So real quick, at this karate class, there's just a hilarious thing I wanted to point out. It's all these little kids sitting around. And his two kids are like there's they're no older than like nine or ten years. There's yeah. like there's two boys, one's maybe ten, and the other one's like between seven and eight or something like that. And all the other kids around them are the same. Except for one child who's clearly seventeen years old. And the master is like or the sensei, you know, he's like, uh, hey, we're gonna have a little spar. You know, we're gonna get a little a little duel going here. Who wants to do it? And the seventeen year old's like, Well, I'd like to give it a shot. And All then, right, <laughs> Titan versus Yeah, and then like the, the littlest son stands up and he's like, Me too, I love ninjas. And he just beats the <laughs> shit out of this kid. And they're like, Oh and then the older son somehow bests this giant. But it's like again, it's like Kramer in the karate class, like Maybe this teenager is at the same level as these kids, but he is three times the size of everyone else in this class. Yeah, that's just the harder they fall. I mean, he's been—I mean, he's been pickling in that class for a while because he's really bitter now, <laughs> and he just will beat the shit out of anybody. And speaking of that, before we get to Houston, um, when when they're hanging out with the kids at the, at the house, these kids pull out like straight up katanas on on their father. <laughs> Like, we love ninjas. We love ninjas. See, Dad? And they're bringing out these swords to his swords. neck. Oh, and, yeah. Right at the jugular. And the wife is just like, ha, ah, ha, ha. Don't hurt your father. <laughs> We've been through this before. Yeah. Remember? Remember we said safety in the house, right, kids? And now they don't know that their dad is a super ninja. No. You know, it's, a, it's, no his, it's his secret identity. So it's like, in reality... This guy could snap the necks of his sons in like do half think, a second. No, no. Do you think he would do that if like like that story's getting too close? My own son's gonna kill me. <laughs> That's what snaps. I was expecting. I was expecting him to take the blade out of his hand and like put it right back oh, on his neck because it's just it's instinct. Yeah, it's he just kills like, out of instinct. Oh no! What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's like what would happen. That's He's, a great start to any yeah, movie. Cradling two little heads. <laughs> what I do? <laughs> then it's just ten years later. <laughs> best best fucking prologue of all time. But hey, you're the guy that decapitated your sons in a domestic dispute. <laughs> Everybody's oh, pointing no. to him on the street. <laughs> so before they get to America, he needs to go to his uh he needs to go to his secret dojo yeah well he's got to tie up loose ends i mean you're gonna leave a life behind you got to make sure all the doors are closed and here's uh, a question i had for the room is this the the big master guy with the hair and such yeah is he lord raiden from mortal father or is he a father-like figure i think it's a father-like figure yeah because he does refer to him as father at the end of this yeah but he says something like i raised the two of you like sons oh i think it might have also been like maybe maybe there was like an orphan thing because this guy's like a master shredder and he found these these two these these two Japanese boys and raised them up yeah. to yeah. be like super ninja. Yeah, I don't think, I don't I can, think he's I, like the biological father. He actually kind of looks like um, Pad Mai from Kill Bill or what, whatever that character's name was. Oh yeah, you're right. He's got the gigant. Gi- excuse me, gigundo uh, yeah. gray hair, yeah. like all intricately. <laughs> but this is something I I'm always a little. And in this movie specifically, I was just kind of like, well, this makes no sense. So he goes to this place, uh, to his secret dojo, and he has a flashback. Yes. Right. That takes place uh, in the that dojo. That takes place at the same exact dojo. Correct. Yeah. Wherein he accidentally kills his brother. Correct. Who's, who is also robbing the dojo. Yeah, by right. Robbing the dojo. See, what happened was the, the brother joined the Foot Clan. Yeah. <laughs> 
and they are no good. I mean, yeah. Shredder pays pretty damn no. well. And so this this brother's stealing cartons of cigarettes yeah. Cause, and cause, arcade machines. Because because money talks and that bullshit philosophy walks. Yeah, man. yeah. We don't need that. We need money. We work for foot now. So. <laughs> So like, but wouldn't that place be shut down? Like, I mean, he what do you mean shut down because okay, so a fatality. He mur- he mur- this person gets murdered on the premises. Yeah, yeah. it's a dojo. Go on. <laughs> but that—that's that, my point. Is it's just a dojo? Well, here's it's not here's like international waters. Well, no, but here's what happened, right? So they they have this fight, right? So the 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 our hero Saito, he's like he's like, hey man, you shouldn't steal from the dojo. This is like a sanctuary. That's really cruel. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you're fucking cloudy-headed, Saito. You don't see the big picture. And then they have a big fight. And he accidentally runs himself through on his own sword. I think that the dad is like, all right, let's just be cool. You guys were you were in a, you were in a match. Something went wrong. Mm-hmm. It was a total accident. You accidentally ran him through. It was all in a sanctioned karate situation. He gets off. You don't close the dojo. Everybody's happy. I feel yeah, that's what I happened. mean. That that or you know they just kicked him into the swamp. I don't know. I think that place is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that place is going down. I mean, like if you have going down for what? You have a, a fight. No. A fight with weapons like that. You, you have it's to, a fucking Chris, dojo. Yes, Chris, have you ever seen? Um, um, Mortal Kombat, not the movie, the, the most game. realistic movie in the world. <laughs> no, 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 the game, the game, or, or a Tekken. Or all these things. I, yes, I, now, 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 it stands to reason then some heavy shit happens at dojos. People get their brains busted I out. I suppose, but I would. <laughs> it's part, It's a bit much for you're me. So, to, it's it's a bit much that someone got hurt at a fighting house. Not hurt, <laughs> stabbed in the gut and died. Well, it's also a sword house. <laughs> well, and actually, though, I mean. The guy hilariously slips on another sword that's on the floor and then falls into the one that's stuck. I was kind of expecting a Benny Hill sound. There, it's a whoop. (laughs) This dude has a banana peel accident on this sword. It is the funniest part of this movie. And then it goes. What's great is that he comes out of the flashback and it goes right into another fight scene. Well, this is what I didn't understand because. In the flashback, you see the father, but he's just like kind of in the shadows. You don't really know what's going on. So it comes out of the flashback, and there's this same dude, and they start fighting, and they're really going at it. And I'm like, oh, what's this guy's fucking problem now, man? And then they just stop, and he's like, so, Dad, uh, I've been meaning to talk to you about moving to to Texas. And I was like, wait a second. That's your dad? Why are you just hardcore fighting each other? That's what they do, Size man. Size of respect, I guess. That's how you grow up. You grow up in the dojo, you know? This yeah. is what happens. You got to show off your skill. I learned this from you. See what I can do? <laughs> and almost kill you? Yeah, aren't you proud of me? I've got this sword to your jugular. So the, the dad's just like, you know, hey, you got to escape the past. You got to stop blaming yourself for your brother's death. Maybe it is a good idea that you uh, rush and move to Texas. Why not? And that's kind of the end of it. Then we're just in Houston. And now this is one of my favorite scenes (laughs) because we just cut to them on the sidewalk in Houston, Texas. There is just a big old bum laying on the ground burping and like <laughs> like like we just that's the first glimpse of america yeah, is a yeah. burp. there's two guys walking down the street with the giant giant boom boxes and like this is like scum central like yeah. it's just so disgusting and everyone's looking at them like what wait wait 
normal clothes. Yeah, it's like this <laughs> well-dressed people. family. Yeah, a fa- they couldn't fathom it. And there's there's multiple bums too. We I, get to I see mean, here. it's as believable as when uh when Homer has that flashback of going to New York, <laughs> and then the chuds got them. Yeah, it, it was. It's just as believable as that. It's silly and ridiculous. <laughs> and also, so okay, we're in Houston now, and we're strolling the streets. We end up at like. Like old Hickok's tobacco shop. Yeah, it's kind of an old saloon. Yeah, but next door is is this old cigar shop that he used to like run. His his wife ran right. it, and, uh, and it's been locked up since her death. He didn't change anything about inside of it. He just padlocked the door. Yeah, there's like there's a cigar Indian. There's cigar boxes. Still there's there. candy on the shelves and shit. It's really weird. So like they come up and this old fucker is like, oh hey, you're the people that are here to buy my restaurant or whatever. That's cool. You got the full twenty dollars with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this place must have been a pretty nice bargain. And they're walking through, and the kids like. What's that door? And he explains the whole thing about the tobacco shop. I haven't opened it since my wife died. And he's like, can I go in? (laughs) And the parents are like, shut up. And the guy is already welling up with emotion. And he's like, I I suppose if if you little child really have to see this tobacco shop, open this door. Well, we own it now, old man. (laughs) Fucking give us the tour. Come to terms with it. God damn. But the the funnier thing to me is that he's like, I can't go in there because it's been locked and I forgot where the key is. It's like a gym lock. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. You could get a fucking like. Thankfully, we have a ninja present. Well, yeah. But- we have a, f- a full-blown superhero on oh, our hands. May I? And then he just, like, sl- just the door flies in outer space. <laughs> it's a real good shove, and this door just breaks open. Yeah. And then they start, like, walking in. It's dust-covered. Yeah, so there's, like, yeah. boxes of cigars. There's a cigar store Indian. There's candy jars all over the place. And this old man starts there's, weeping. There's a- <laughs> I was expecting to find a dead old woman in the corner. <laughs> Well, she died, mis- so I locked it. I mummified her back in 1935. Yeah, it's, a, it's a Mrs. Bates skeleton. And they're like, oh, who's here in the tobacco shop? And they turn the chair around. <laughs> Saito sla- smacks a light bulb. So now, He's taxidermied. I guess this crime syndicate has been using this as like a drop-off point for right, years. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like he goes to open the outs, like the door that leads to the street, what would have been the front door of this store. And he's like, Oh, well this appears to have been padlocked as well. I don't remember putting a padlock here. So you're like, Hmm, pay attention to your house, old man. Yeah, shit. This is why you just don't leave shit unattended in a big house because a crime syndicate could be using it as a drop site for heroin and jewels. And by the way, you know, once you see like, or you hear about like, Oh, that, you know, that property's for sale or like, Oh, old man green is unloading it. Move to one of the other fifty abandoned shops in this in the neighborhood. Yeah, I saw your neighborhood. It's a real scuzz hole. Go anywhere else. Yeah. Well, because every it's funny. Every institution that's brought up at like the police will get to the police and how inept they are. Oh yeah, Sting um, can't write a song. Uh, <laughs> oh oh me. yeah. Da, da, okay, now I got it. Um, <laughs> but, but like the, the, we were talking about this uh, before we went on the air here. But this company who is putting a bunch of money into this guy and really didn't send anybody out to just see where you were going to put like all this money 
What company? The company he's working for. The crime syndicate? No, 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 no. He's no, not no. working for a company. Isn't he like an? Is it? He, no, the, that's that's what we're saying is ridiculous. He quits his job yeah. so they can open this restaurant. So that, yeah, basically. Oh, I thought they were like sending him there. No, 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 oh, no, no. Oh. He quits. He quits this job so they can open the shithole restaurant. Wow, that's really stupid. I know. <laughs> you know, you know what this uh, this this neighborhood I mean really needs fancy Japanese restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the ridiculous part. They they open like a restaurant slash grocery store. Well, yeah, maybe I'm just assuming it would be a Japanese restaurant, but maybe it's just like a hamburger stand. No, it's not. There's a scene where oh, really? he's Saito's first... like putting he's like having these dudes put up a sign and it's like the name of the restaurant and then it says like Japanese foods on it or something. Mm. They open a Japanese restaurant in the middle of a Houston slum. Yeah. Why? Open a bodega. That's where, that's where I go to get my unaki. <laughs> well, oh yeah, you know the shittier the neighborhood, the better the food. That's the way it works in Houston. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. It makes no goddamn sense yeah, at all. This. So yeah, so there's there's this this crime syndicate that's using it as a drop point. So we see these these couple of fellas come in and drop some stuff under the floorboards. Right. And uh, the dude is like, hmm. I want to see what's in this envelope this time. And he opens it up and there's a bunch of like Coke or heroin or something. Yeah. But then there's like the jewel from Titanic's in there for some <laughs> reason. And he's like, well, say this ought to get me a pretty piece. And he steals it. And it's like this dude that sets off the entire horrific chain of revenge related events in this movie. It's Cause insane. then the, 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 those two guys are corrupt cops, by the yeah. way. Uh, so then, like the the criminals come in to make the pickup, and the this bracelet isn't there, this necklace or whatever the hell it is, yeah. and they're like, "Well, there's just a bunch of coke here," and they think that the old man who owns the building ripped them off, which leads to the single greatest thing I have seen <laughs> happen in a movie. Since I don't even know, this is amazing. So there's like the big tearful goodbye. Like this guy's moving to Atlantic City to live with his widowed sister. (laughs) Oh, this this Houston's getting too gross. I'm going to go to Atlantic (laughs) City. City. I'm going to go to a 1985 Atlantic City. Yeah, that'll clean up my life. You do want more of the rats than the cockroaches. (laughs) Like a slum is just all cockroaches. You just want a little bit more of the rats. There's not enough uh, sleazy, legalized casino gambling in my neighborhood. He's fine with rodents. Houston's played out. I hear they got new garbage in Atlantic City. (laughs) So they, like, see this old man off. Like, he's got his car packed up with his meager possessions. His wife's skeleton is in the backseat. It's like Clark Griswold going on vacation. He's got things on his roof. It's pretty hilarious. And, like, this guy doesn't get a quarter mile away from the house when these criminals they like say, they say that's when you're most likely to have a problem yeah the <laughs> closest to your home a quarter mile away and so these guys like pull up and this dude gets in the car and points a gun in this 90 year old man's face and he's like no just drive and they take him to like under a train trestle or like a highway yeah, underpass yeah, or something and they like get him out of the car and they you know, it's we meet like the crime boss. Limehouse is the main. Limehouse Willie is this <laughs> this gentleman's is, name. I don't he's, know. He's, a, he's like a, a bootlegger, or so. that's what you would think with that name. It's oh, like uh, a, Harry Limehouse from Justified. He's a, he's a, a, a was he a butcher? Yeah, he's a yeah. butcher. But and, and 
It's just hilarious because, uh, by the way, this is the writer of the film as well. He's the writer of the film. He played Ernie on Twin Peaks. He was in Zulu. He's one of the soldiers in Zulu. Yeah, this guy's in a lot of I stuff. Mean, he's, he's been around a for a while. Decent, uh, you know, acting career. I had no idea he was into this type of stuff. <laughs> this is a bit much. <laughs> I didn't and, know he was into writing sleazy karate movies. And I, he's he's British, but like. He's got this accent that's British, New Zealand, Australian. Like I don't know what is going on across with this the guy. board. You know, he sounds movie. like he sounds like the accent in After Earth. Yeah. <laughs> that's where they stole it from. Is this guy covering up his accent? Because he's trying to do like he's trying to cover up his actual accent and replace it with like a gangster accent. Yeah, and it just blows up in his face. Yeah. So this guy gets out of the car and they get the old man out of the car and they're like, where's the necklace Lebowski? And the guy's just like, I I, I, I don't know. I really have I'm no old. idea. I don't know what you're talking about. And then they just start beating this guy with, with like a, a cane cr- or something. A crowbar. Oh, it's a crowbar? A full yeah. crowbar. Like, oh, delicious. They like tie his hand out or something and start wailing on it so he can't move it. And he's they're just beating the shit out of him with this crowbar. <laughs> and I they think don't... this is an old man. Oh, it's, it's four guys. It's four muscle bound assholes oh, beating up on a geriatric. A bunch of mustaches and open blouses. <laughs> That's what these guys are. <laughs> Oh man! All the V neck, like they all got these like shitty V neck polos. It's oh, it's gross. They look disgusting, and they just beat this dude till he's out cold. And then this guy starts dumping gas all over the car, and the old man is just slung over the hood. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. And they- then Limehouse Willie says to says to this fella, he says, uh, "You're gonna give the old fucker a Viking funeral?" <laughs> and they light the man on fire, and the car explodes and kudos to this movie because it's the first of several times in where something explodes and this movie has the common courtesy to put a dummy in the vehicle that's blowing up because there's just an old man dummy that goes sky high and the laughs don't stop well that's the thing i want i fucking i did not stop laughing for three minutes instead of they don't even have the dummy in the vehicle They've tied him with rope. They've tied his wrist to, like, the windshield. Yeah, he's yeah. on top oh, of the car. Yeah. And, I mean, why? Why not just put him in the fucking car? Well, because these, these guys don't give a shit. Like, yeah, they are, I, I suppose they're running this town. Yeah, you've but, already done the work to tie him up to the hood and beat him with a crowbar. I'm not moving that old man. But what's amazing is nothing comes of this. At all. You don't hear about this. Ever again. No one knows that this old man only made it 800 feet away from his house and then was set on fire. The family never finds out about it. I think they bring it up towards the very end. Do they? Just like a I must have missed it because, like, that's got to come up at some point. Like, hey, Saito, uh, remember that dude who you just bought this house from for $200? Uh, He was burned alive, not 800 feet from here. And I get it's a a slum and, you know, it's poverty stricken and everything. Somebody's hearing this. This explosion would fucking blow the pants off Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) Man, it's a bad part of town. You just look the other way. In like two months, the cops roll by and be like, guns, there's another charred body. All right. Oh, what was, that, what was that noise? Oh, just a three o'clock explosion. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> really? It's a massive, like, I love the smell of napalm in the morning explosion. Like, it's insane that there's not fire trucks 
being called. It's, it's ridiculously it's, just, it's, awesome. it's a MacGruber explosion. Yeah. Like, it's a, a ridiculous, big old, ex- like, somebody knows about this. Ten people are deaf because of this explosion. So, if the neighborhood wasn't bad already with Limehouse Willie and his goons. Limehouse li- Willie, I just love it. And the kids take their bikes to a convenience store. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're just checking out your neighborhood. You want to scope out the nearest 7-Eleven, you yeah, know? So you you got to do so that. They're celebrating because they've the, like the restaurant has just made its first dollar. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, so excited. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. Like, we're going to make our new life work. And the dad is, like... Take this dollar and whatever. Go buy sodas at the store. Yep. Whatever it is. He sends them on their way. Get an icy. Yeah. And street toughs. Getting hassled by street toughs. Teen toughs. Total 1980s street toughs with their uh, tennis bracelets and everything. James yep. Spader starts spraying beer in their face. <laughs> A lot of the <laughs> shitty like bandanas around the head kind of shit. So they start picking on the little guy. And we know already that the little guy's not that great at karate. And he gets his ass kicked. And they steal his bike. Yeah, and the these, older boy comes out. And these are like grown men again. You know, this is another case of where, like, it's just like he's like three feet taller than the kid. And he's there, just it's, the it's shit out even of him. older than the karate class kid. There is one guy who's clearly like 25 years old. The guy's as tall as LeBron James. This shit is ridiculous. <laughs> and he's supposed to be like 16. And so, like, the, the older brother runs out and he's like, oh, God, I got to save your ass again. And he starts karate fighting all of these dudes. There's a lot of kick to the nuts in this scene. Oh, and yeah. he's winning. He's oh, yeah. He's taking out this entire town of toughs. Meanwhile, Limehouse Willie sneaks up on the little kid and kidnaps him. <laughs> Wait, ooh, is there a kid unattended? <laughs> Limehouse <laughs> Willie is uh, on his way. And you, you got to hand it to Limehouse Willie, man. He's a persistent criminal. You know the thing- he just blew up that old guy and it hasn't been but here's- five minutes. He's going to steal a child. Here's the thing about it, man. He seizes opportunities. He yeah. sees an opportunity, takes it. Well, here's the thing. It's because I, I do agree with you that he knows his opportunity. And he's probably stolen kids before. Oh, yeah. Oh, Why doesn't yeah. he have a good old kid kidnapping sack? Just <laughs> drape it over the kid and tie it up. I mean, it's a silly yeah, li- fucking li- mo- Limehouse Willie's the Krampus. <laughs> Get in my sack. You've been bad. <laughs> Just like hauls it over his shoulder and gets out of there. It is kind of a bad kidnapping because he sneaks up behind him and he's like, Taps him on the shoulder like, well, I'm going to kidnap you. <laughs> and he doesn't even like cover his mouth yeah, up or anything. Like, like oh, the, come here. The brother hears him scream. And then like, the, like he might as well be like, tell your father Limehouse Willie did it. But this is the greatest part. The, the little kid now notices his brother's being kidnapped, runs over to the, the sedan that uh, Limehouse Willie is shoving him in. And Limehouse Willie sees him coming, just jams the car door right in this kid's fucking face. <laughs> Just splits his face open with, oh, my God. The, the, he falls like a sack of potatoes. Mike from Minneapolis was not wrong when he said there is crazy child abuse in this movie. Remember when Jack Nicholson, when Roman Polanski cuts Jack Nicholson's nose open? Yeah. There's oh, about yeah. that level of blood here. <laughs> it was, that kid has a hilarious like, like, band-aid like, on his nose. over his fucking mouth and everything. It's funny you should mention that uh, Chinatown scene, because something similar to it comes up. Well, that as well. <laughs> we will get to that as well. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. and didn't know where to voice that. 
Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash W-H-M. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. I did want to bring up but the, the, the scene yeah. in the restaurant. It struck me a little bit because, okay. Let's say you, you, you. So he quit his job, but he's probably got a lot of savings, I imagine, if he's doing this whole trip and everything. He was making great money. So I imagine he'd Buko he, Buck. They have some kind of nest egg to clean this restaurant up, get it into working order, have a kitchen, so on and so forth. Just to go out of business. It looks like they <laughs> swept it once. Oh, it looks And then put filthy. a poster up. <laughs> it's. Yeah, filthy. Nobody disgusting. would go here. It's disgusting. I wouldn't eat at this restaurant. And it's I, sushi, by the way. Yeah. Oh, dusty sushi. <laughs> oh, think about that. That's filthy. I mean, that's probably the one Houston sushi restaurant's name. <laughs> dusty, dusty sushi. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to Dusty Sushi. Don't worry. It's legit. Here's your broom. <laughs> I just... There's like a lady, there's like some lady in yeah. there who's like, well, thank you very much and welcome to the neighborhood. And I was like, what the fuck are you buying Enjoy here? tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, get out of this restaurant. It's disgusting. This poor woman's like, maybe the neighborhood's finally coming around. <laughs> no. I've been living here for so long and it's been terrible. Oh, no, it's still under Limehouse's thumb, man. I remember when this restaurant used to be a boarded up tobacconist. <laughs> now it's an unboarded 
dusty ridden fucking disgusting sushi bar. Oh but man, yes, the kid getting so the kid the kid runs in and he's bleeding all over the place and they're like, oh god, what happened now? And he's like, uh, my older brother was kidnapped. And this is all still, I think, because of the necklace. He's like, oh, that necklace has been taken. Yeah. Everything in this movie happens because this crooked cop steals the necklace. Yeah. So it's like, well, the old man didn't know what I was talking about, and I burned him alive. (laughs) So I guess the new landlord must have stolen. Yeah. They're like, oh, right. Yeah. We we totally forgot before we killed this old man, a new family moved in. They must have did it. Sorry, old man. Oh, 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 let's go kidnap their kids. Like, <laughs> well, why don't you just talk to the man? In one or two. <laughs> like, excuse me. Um, I'm sorry to bother you, but um, I left something in that tobacco <laughs> store 35 years ago. Why if I just look around for a little bit? It Have won't take a but a minute. It was really, I mean, it was important to me. But what I don't understand, uh, at a couple points in within the movie, we cut to Limehouse meeting with his boss, who's played by Nia Verdalis' father from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I forget his name. Yeah, I don't know. The character's wow. name is Gus. I don't need to know that because I hate that movie. And I, But the thing is, is I kept on thinking, like, this was the prequel to My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> like, after he did all this, like, slimy shit, mm-hmm. he opened the Greek restaurant in New York, and that was that. <laughs> that was his relocation. Yeah, that's, uh, that, then he could be Zorba. Um <laughs> But uh, what's hilarious to me is that they they question the uh, crooked cops and they're like, look, we couldn't find the stuff. Where's the stuff? And they're like, well, we didn't do it. (laughs) I'm like, they're they're terrible liars. Really? You think like instead of just pressing the crooked people you work with. Yeah. You are these people. Really? Well, that's actually that's a good point because. Immediately after, they're like, well, well, we don't know. Limehouse Willie, the slimiest man in town, is like, I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if anyone can spot a liar, it's Limehouse Willie. FYI. I I don't get it. So he calls up, Limehouse Willie calls up the restaurant, and he's like, all right, got your kid. You need to come to the docks at this time. And we'll exchange, you know, you get the kid, I get this necklace that I'm looking for, we'll just call it a day. And so the dude goes, and it's the first, like, we've been seeing a couple times before this, he has flashbacks of, like, it's kind of like him controlling his ninja rage. It's the same shot. Yeah, oh, every it's, time, it's the every same time thing he has this and, little flashback, it's the same shot of him just jousting. Yeah, he's got his, his whole ninja getup on. The first time it happens is when, like, he bumps into this dude... On the street, like, the dude clearly, like, runs into him. And he's like, watch where you're going, asshole. And you can see, like, in his mind, he's like, I could kill you in a second, but I won't. I could split this man in half if I want to, but my kids are here. Yeah, they can't know that I'm the black ninja, so I got to keep this shit under wraps. That happens to me whenever I bump into someone in New York. I get the ninja (laughs) flash. You with a sword? Yeah, I think about it. I I was doing it. I was doing it last night. I don't go around this way often. I was at a screening in Midtown, and I had to walk through Times Square or Super Bowl Alley, as they've been calling it. Really? Oh, dude. Yes. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl Alley. That's Uh, a real thing. Something, something similar to that. Mm. And I'm just all these people just gawking, like taking pictures and whatnot. And I was the ninja rage was building up, man. (laughs) I had to get out of there. Yeah. I, had to go, I had to go a block out of the way just so the ninja rage wouldn't come out. Well, now you know what I'm dealing with since I work near Times Square. Well, yeah. You know, that's no weird because thanks. most of my ninja rage came from uh, working at Bryant Park. 
It's Ooh. something about that area, dude. It brings out the ninja rage and all of this because it's the worst part of the city Absolutely. ever. So the dude goes to the, the docks and whatnot, and they got the kid there, and they take this dude and strap him up. And he's, Limehouse Willie's like, where's this necklace? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you this concerned about jewelry? Yeah. Are you sure those crooked people, which you said d- you didn't trust, yeah. maybe they have it? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, exactly. Maybe the people that left the drugs didn't leave the necklace or didn't take, you know, like, maybe it's on their end. The simplest answer is usually the one, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, just why don't you go tie the cop up? And cut his chest open instead of torturing this dude you don't know. He's just slicing this dude's chest and open. This is also where, right before he slices his chest, he puts a knife in his nostril and is basically threatening to do the Chinatown scene. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it a nice little uh, homage. It homage. is. <laughs> but this dude doesn't flinch because he's the black ninja, of you know. And I think, doesn't he like. He punches him in the face or something before, or he, like in the stomach or something. Oh, and he, he works like, the ribs a little bit. He like doesn't budge at all. He doesn't flinch. And then he's cutting him open, and the dude's just staring at him like, I could do this all day. Yeah, and then he's like, okay, so this is not working. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to get my necklace by cutting this guy up. Hey, this guy's a stone. If you don't give me that necklace, I'm going to re- light your kid up like a Roman candle. <laughs> Takes out like he's going to like burn this fucking kid. It's like man. a pocket flamethrower he's got yeah, on Yeah, it's him. like a little butane torch or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is when the, the dude kind of lets some of the ninja stuff slip. Yeah. He like super kicks a light bulb, it goes dark. And then he's instantly out of his out of his uh entanglements. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and him and the kid are just gone. Gone, dude. Erased from existence. It's awesome. And Limehouse Willie at this point is like, oh no. Oh, Finally no. in Houston, there's a there's a worthy adversary to <laughs> Limehouse Willie. Well, it's all like every shot you get of Limehouse, it's just him saying, ugh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all schlubby, like, ugh, fuck. The, like, it's the so right. constantly defeated Limehouse Willie. But that's the thing, is he's so goddamn brutal. He's never used to being defeated because he's, he's the guy that will automatically take it to the highest level possible. Yeah. And then when he, the one time it's like not working out for him, oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be feel bad. And again, boys, his face going to be red. If he had put the corrupt cup up in that thing, you wouldn't even have to put the knife into him. You just take the knife up to his eyeball. Oh yeah, that guy's going to fold. Spilling it all. That guy's going to fold like nobody's business. But no, you had to go and pick the one you the super trained ninja. Yeah, you picked a super ninja to torture. Bad move. Terrible. This movie by the way could also be uh, alternately titled uh Mr. Saito's series of unfortunate events. <laughs> yes. Because yeah, after gets... like after this doc scene it's just horrible shit happening to this man and his family, such as cut to he's just got the kid back from the hospital after this whole incident, and Limehouse's goons run down the wife and the other kid with a truck. Yeah, they get hit by a goddamn truck. It's a pickup truck. A truck piloted by a man named Bubba. Wait, wait, wait. A man like a man named Bubba doesn't pilot a truck. <laughs> he drives. He drives it straight to into the hearts of this family, man. He, These two go down. Right for them too. 
It's insane. And then like everybody like gathers around. Saito like runs over and he's like, somebody call 911. And then these dudes have the audacity to roll up like, hey, everything all right here? <laughs> yeah, they, tri- <laughs> they drive around the block, come back and be like, let's go see at the chaos we made. <laughs> <laughs> And the dude, Bubba, is, like, smiling at him, like, yeah, you like that? Where's Mr. Limehouse's jewelry, motherfucker? You got oh. a broken femur there? Yeah, that was good work I just did. I mean, so, they are just run down. Our ninja hero tells the paramedics that he'll meet him at the hospital. Yeah. Hops in his car, hot pursuit after this pickup truck. This yeah. is, un- I mean, here's what's awesome about this movie. It's one insane sequence getting topped by another insane sequence immediately after it. There is no downtime in this movie whatsoever. And it's really strangely structured because we're not we're not at the 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 quote unquote inciting incident quite yet. Not yet. Uh but like yeah, your inciting incident is maybe what the, thirty the, minutes before Well them moving to America. I, I guess, guess but of... like the one that really the set the call to action. Well it's what right. you, I th- I think it's a difference between the the official call to action and what pushes this guy over the edge. This is a this is a man being driven to the brink movie. Sometimes you're driven to ninja. Yeah, just sometimes <laughs> you drive I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes ninja drives you. Yes, that's, that's, yeah. that's how it goes. In Soviet Russian, ninja drives you. That's what my grandfather always told me. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. So high speed pursuit of these of these fellas, right? Right. Yeah. And then, then he gets through like an intersection. He runs out of the car, <laughs> gets he, in the flatbed of this pickup yeah, truck, he just like does a flip into it, and then immediately kicks out the back window, shattered glass everywhere. Pulls this dude, the passenger side dude, out of the of that seat and into just the back, beating him. Oh, it's beautiful. And then what's awesome? There's a hilarious murder here because Bubba. While still driving the truck, I do not know why the dude doesn't pull over. <laughs> starts he whips out a gun because it's Texas, and he starts firing. Yeah, and and Saito takes the the passenger and does a bullet shield with it. It's amazing. <laughs> and then right when that happens, he's like, you know, Saito's like, whoop, does a backflip off of the truck. The stunts in this are sick. And then you know the bullet shield is like still falling dead like still like falling when the truck hits like an oil tanker or something and just blasts oh man it is moment two of andrew jubin laughs uncontrollably for three because we get another charred dummy sitting in that passenger yes, driver's there, there is a bubba shaped dummy bubba is cooking up that just goes off <laughs> oh my god it's oh. beautiful it's it's really i mean I thought about the lethal weapon thing when they get tied up, but this really like sealed it. I was like, oh, this is great. I mean, this is like, it's kind of funny because like Bubba does hit the brakes a little bit. So it's not a full on slam. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that. Uh, it's, it's in one of the Death Wish sequels where like, I think it's the third one where the car famously taps the other car and they both blow up. I believe that's the third it's one. It's like yeah. the dumbest shit of all time. Right. It's like a, a Pinto joke or whatever. Yeah. Seven, like, 70s uh, references. Yeah. Like it's kind of like that. Like he's like, oh no. And it's like kind of a little bit of a fender bender, but it just goes up. <laughs> Speaking of Roman candles, uh, and again, by the way, no fire department. No. Just more charred yeah. corpses on the Houston streets. I forget. Have we met the cops yet? Oh, I think we... No, he goes to the cops right. after he goes 
you know, the hospital. The, the hospital. The wife is out. The kids in a coma. They're both still alive. So then, then he goes to the police, where the guy basically tells him tough shit. Yeah. Limehouse Willie's the toughest game in town. Well, he's like you have to. You would have to like testify or something like that, right? And like what? So, like you're yeah. a police officer. So, this guy just. Yeah, I mean, he's getting the rigmarole. Yes. So he's like, all right, whatever. Um, I'm just going to go to Limehouse's shitty boat party. And this is the shittiest of shitty boat parties I've it's ever It's terrible. Seen. There's like some C-grade casino gambling going on. And it's like a big boat. I don't know what this is. It's like he rented like a conference room at this boat. <laughs> I think they got like money in like the uh, cruise line. Like, um, oh, what's it? Like Enron. Oh, you think that's what's <laughs> going bit, on? I think that's what uh, Nia Vidalis' father... That's all I'm going to be able oh. to call him. Enron? Cruise ships. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that was in Texas, right? Enron? Yeah, but that part of that was in Texas. There you go. The right. smartest guys in the room. Yeah. That documentary, Enron, the smartest guys yeah. in the room. Oh, were they? No. I thought, no, I thought they did bad not. things. Yeah, they did. And then the the whole thing came crumbling down around them. <laughs> Come on, so, you, you remember the late 90s? So like like that, Limehouse's operation starts to crumble down around him a little bit because Saito's loose on this yeah, boat now. Saito is now killing everybody. Snapping necks right Just and left. Everybody's it's, gone. It's awesome. And you know, here's the other thing about it. He's not quite yet at full ninja. No. This is like half ninja. This is just yeah. like I got crossed and I'm kind of upset because the police refused to help me. Right. So let's see what kind of let's see what kind of mess I can get into. There is a very distinct Archer Rampage moment, <laughs> and this is not it. No, it's not. But this is crazy. Like he jumps on board the ship, like he crawls up the side of it or something, and he's just taking out semen left and right. He goes through like the engine room. He's like killing all these dudes, making his way up to the gambling deck. Yeah, and Limehouse like he's like having a drink, looking out, and he's like seeing. Like guns being shot and and this dude taking flips all over the place. And again, it's a ah oh, fuck yeah. It's like, oh, I'm gonna have to cancel my classy boat party where there were like <laughs> these strippers and like you know like you always hear this line in movies too. It's just like well, where'd you find this one? There's a lot of that. A lot of those guys, yeah. the guys that would say where'd you find this one, and yeah. then like. The trashiest of Texan strippers you can find. <laughs> and again, most people look, you know, dressed up a little bit. Limehouse, again, is wearing, like, shit that Rodney Dangerfield and Cad- Caddyshack wouldn't wear. Yeah, he's a gaudily dressed man through this it's whole like movie. It's like all tucked in polo, like ugh. <laughs> just, tucked in ugh. polos into like like uh, uh, like checked golf pants. Yeah, like, and like then a, a huge like over the coat. It's like a, like, it's like it's a so yeah, it's like a white leisure suit. Yeah, blazer. it is like a leisure suit. I guess is what you would call it. I don't know, like an actual button up shirt. Yeah, he looks disgusting. Gross. <laughs> but yeah, you just you just look at him and you just feel fucking dirty. I'm like, I take one look at that guy. I'm like, yeah, that guy's a child murdering scumbag, yeah. probably. It, the believability is right there. So I, he has to like, <laughs> he's all of his floozies have to like leave the party. Like shit's getting real, you know. Take a cuts hike, the power. Right. Yeah, Saito cuts the power, and then like he does a real like bitches leave situation. <laughs> he pulls a Clarence Boddicker and clears the room before he knows. Before he knows it, man, like 
this ninja's on him. Like it's he comes out like like Leon the professional here. Yeah. yeah. Like putting a knife to his neck and being like like you leave the Saito family alone. Or, yeah. Or you will pray or you will pray for that, death. Yeah, that's yeah. when we get the you will pray for death line. It's awesomely delivered he too. Stay away from the Saito family. They don't know anything about the Banata necklace. If you don't, I promise you, you will pray for death. And he, he's kind of doing like a, for the last time, I don't know what jewelry you're talking about, but I don't have a necklace. Look, this is a strong seven and a half. <laughs> Do you really need to see the nine and a half ten range? <laughs> FYI. You're pushing me, baby. And then he vanishes like that. <laughs> yeah, so he he should have just killed Limehouse here, probably. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, well, he's been he, killing yeah. all these other people. Why don't you just kill another? And yeah, he kills 30 men on the he, way to Limehouse's door. He lets Limehouse off so light. It's just like, listen, I know how America works. All right? <laughs> we know, I know that like in my scummy neighborhood... We need the whatever mafia type of thing you're doing. Yeah. Like it's a, it's like a homostasis here. Yeah, it's like every everything you do serves a purpose in the long run. I get it. But for the last time, I've never seen the necklace you're describing. He's being very, very understanding for a man who ran over his child yeah. and his oh, wife. Oh, yeah. He's, He's being so kindly kind. modulated. And then what, what does immediately uh, Limehouse do? He goes, oh, oh I'll show him slits his own wrist this is a level of crazy like you don't you don't see too often in motion pictures and he slit his wrist to be admitted to the hospital where the family is because he that he's like well that's the hospital i have they're not going to not admit me well (laughs) you know what was weird is i thought this was going to be like a dirty hairy thing where like he he did it and he was gonna say because Soti just murdered a bunch of his friends right. and colleagues and you know just people he pays yeah um and I thought he was gonna be like oh Soti did this to me and remember that great scene in Dirty Harry where he pays the guy to beat the shit out of him oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I really thought that's what this was gonna be but no it's no just, it's it's more admitted. sadistic than that he fucking slits his own wrist to get in because I think it's a thing too where he's like well I'm not gonna get in visiting you know, visiting hours are long over. I a, don't know anyone in the hospital. But as we find out, he's a master of disguises. So the, I don't this know. This gets exa- a little silly. I don't know how he couldn't just go in there. I don't so, know, look like a doctor. Yeah, I mean, it is a little, but it's like it's not crazy enough. Lem has to go to the brutal extreme for yeah. everything. <laughs> so he's like laying in this hospital bed. They think it was like an attempted suicide. Um, some like doctor comes in and he's like, "Oh, I can't sleep. I need. Could you give me a shot? You know, like yeah, so yeah. I can sleep." And the doctor's like, oh, yeah, sure. And they're making a little small talk. And then Limehouse just grabs the syringe out of his arm and shoves it into his own neck, (laughs) (laughs) makes the doctor go to sleep, and then steals his clothes a la Indiana Jones. Yeah. (laughs) And and now he's got free reign of this hospital. And there's police and there's security around. No one recognizes the A number one gangster in town. Yeah, Yeah. totally. No, No one doesn't think like, hey, uh... I don't know. Wait, is there a new doctor? No, no, no. No. Just go with it. He's so big that the cops don't want to go after him. Nobody knows what he looks like. (laughs) Yeah, nobody knows what he looks like. Well, it's it's interesting because Limehouse, you know, he's he's a very he's a very curious fella. He's got he's got three loves in in this world. His first love 
is gaudy, expensive jewelry. (laughs) That's number one, because he wants this necklace. Number two, yeah, he loves killing people, kids, mothers, whatever. Loves it. Three, loves getting into costume. Yep. (laughs) That's what it is. So in, in this instance, it's all of his three loves, right? He's looking for the jewelry. He's about to go kill some people, and he's in costume. It's, I mean, what I more guess, do you want? I guess he did need to pick up after all of his friends got shot and <laughs> you know had their necks snapped. So hey, you know what? Big day for me. I'm going to go kill a bunch of people in the hospital while wearing a police uniform. So we get to a scene that's so extreme. There's an uncensored version of it yeah. on the internet. You this can, is this is what we're dealing with. You can find the uncensored portion on YouTube and <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. So pretty sleazy. Limehouse duct tapes Mrs. Saito's mouth shut. Yep. yep. And then now there's two different realities here. In, in the movie in the Yeah, let's movie. go let's go with theatrical cut. In first. the movie <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the direct to video it, it cut. It essentially just yeah, yeah. cuts, right? Right after. Well, it, it it cuts to him like washing up, and he's washing yeah. blood off of his face. So you you're like, oh, I guess he killed her. Yeah, <laughs> and then like cops are coming for him. Right, and now in the uncut version, um, he duct tapes her her face, and then he starts punching her face. Yep, and then she's unconscious, and then he he rapes her, and then he stabs her to death. with a screwdriver. This is how brutal this villain gets. This it's is how insane. Hey man, we're square. Let's let's you know. I'll leave you to yours. You leave mine to mine. Oh, I'll get you! <laughs> and then he does this. It is overkill, man. Like Limehouse, dude's got some hate in his heart. A lot of <laughs> he's got a lot of problems. I would like a prequel exploring his childhood. <laughs> it's probably the origin story of the Joker. You want to know how I got these scars, well, says Limehouse Willie. I mean, he's more like, he's really like a Sean Connery in The Untouchables. Like, they kill one of yours, you put two of theirs in the morgue. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those kind it's, of situations. It's like fourth greatest love, revenge. Yeah. It's like an alternate reality, evil Sean Connery of that world. Yes. Like, if, like, if he like had like gone, <laughs> like, if he had met Nucky Thompson or if something. If he was working for Capone. <laughs> so... Because his bloodlust, you know, cannot be quenched, man. He's going to go kill that kid. Yeah. So he goes up. He's, like, pushing a cart. And uh, this is after, I believe, he's... No, he hasn't killed police officers yet. He's He pushes the cart up, and he's like, time for the kid to get his shot. And this cop's like, all right, well, I'm not going to check this at all. Come right in. <laughs> and, like, he goes to kill the kid, and then the cops find the body and they cut back to the woman and are like eyeballs are wide open you know she's clearly dead and uh they're like oh fuck the other one and like they race down the hall and they come into the room and then limehouse just murders these two police officers cut to him walking out of the room dressed as a police officer (laughs) the costume ball continues (laughs) he kills two but he disarms like six yeah there's like Six guys on him, and Limehouse just goes right through You know, it, he is like the Joker. He's a super villain because there's no way a gangster would be able to, to take down six no, cops it's or like, whatever. It's like that whole calculated Hannibal Lecter thing. You know, towards the end of Silence when he breaks out. It's that. Like, he's got... He's probably got, like, shit hidden in his mouth. He's wearing someone's <laughs> face. But here's the thing. Anthony Hopkins of Silence of the Lamb, pretty trim. This guy's got a beer gut. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is hanging over. He ain't doing too much of this exercise without a big 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's this thing. You know, you, you want to fit in as many costumes as possible. It helps to be as thin as possible. Yeah, exactly. Now, you got. How do all these costumes fit him so well? I mean, he went on the Ralph Cramden diet. The shit was not good. Well, maybe that's why he kills both of those cops. Like, he kills the first one, and he's like, oh, that's not going to fit. Better right. kill this fatter cop. He's holding up the tag. Just like checking. Before, I, before I kill you, that's a, that's a double XL, right? You, yeah, uh, why? 30 long there. Yeah, okay, I can kill you. Yeah, that works. I'll work. slaughter you. <laughs> <laughs> Running around looking for a, for a size 52 pants. <laughs> so then Saito comes back to the hospital and it's a real like, you've got to be kidding me. What happened? I was gone for an hour and a half. So he goes and he's he's like, I'm taking my kid out of this hospital because and the, and the detective in charge is like now 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 you know mr saito don't do anything too too irrational and he's like what my, my wife is dead you people are the worst police department ever he chews out pat hingle like really bad here. <laughs> yeah this dude this this detective is a real pat hingle situation like well whoops i couldn't do it well i don't know anything about mr limehouse mr saito if i did don't you think he'd be behind bars by now my soup is cold <laughs> <laughs> i love this is this is really happening okay so limehouse is the joker this guy's this guy's pat hingle commissioner gordon and now saito was gonna be a top-notch executive. He's goddamn Bruce Wayne, and yep. then he's got the yep. ninja right. secret yeah, life. Absolutely. Yep. Oh my lord! I know. And now he becomes the most murderous Batman that ever Batman before. So we go to his 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 Batcave, is <laughs> which is it's like a warehouse yeah. that this old man also used to own. Like this he's guy, garbage there. <laughs> this guy got. Taken for a ride. There's no way he got a fair amount of money for an apartment, a cigar store, a restaurant, and now this warehouse by the docks. The land baron of Hooverville. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay, so he's a ninja, all right, but, you know, he doesn't have his ninja stuff. So nope. what does he do? He Builds a sword. He forges a katana from garbage that's in this warehouse. That's that you have to like fold the metal like a like a hundred times at least. It's insane. And so the the one kid's still in the coma. The little kid's like, "All right, I'll help you like prep to be a ninja." And take a listen to this tune we get over this montage. Where the heart of a warrior. Can never be revealed Back to the shadow Back to the shadow Now it has to be 1985 because <laughs> it is the only time in where a song like this would be appropriate in a preparing to go on a ninja rampage montage. Yeah. Like it so doesn't fit, it's not even funny. But it's an awesome ass 80s song. I love it. I mean that one the, the back to you, the shadows. It's yeah, like that's all it. throughout this movie, and it's fantastic. Yeah, they I mean they had money for one song, so they're using it where they can, you know. It's at the beginning. It's here. It's at the end. It's, it's great. And pretty hilarious. Begin by not to go, you know, too off track, but 
the begin the opening credits this thing. Oh, these are stupid. Where it's just him and the son like practicing their moves and like being cute with back to the shed. Like, yeah, it's, it's too much. <laughs> it reminded me of James Bond. It is kind of like a Bond type opening. Oh man, Adele does Back to the Shadows like for like a cover record. Yeah, I, I can do that. Oh man, somebody write Adele and send her an MP3 of this tune, huh? See if we can get that going. Dear yeah. Adele, have a listen to this. Yeah, t- everyone tweet that at her and, and ask her to cover it because I want us to be credited for that. Then. <laughs> when she wins another a million Grammys. Yeah. There'd be an origin story right here, right on this program. So this guy goes through all sorts of training and it's like mentally preparing. He like breaks a pearl necklace, you know, and all the things go flying. I don't know what's, I don't know. That's just another Batman reference. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he's making popcorn in the flames (laughs) and just spills. He goes to, he just goes to an opera just to freak himself out. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Bats. (laughs) Nope. Oh, I'm no longer going to be afraid of the shadows. I guess I'll go back to them. That's also because he's getting over the death of his brother, quote unquote brother. Right. Oh yeah. So yeah. it's got. It does have a lot of. Uh, yeah, it's, ba- it's badass. It's badass. Yes. There's parallels. So at this point, by the way, for some reason, Limehouse is like, you know what? I think that fucking cop did steal this necklace after all. <laughs> Boy, is my face red. And because, like, also, by the way, Saito has has uh, presented information. He like he does a little bit of he does a little bit of detective work in the tobacco shop too. He goes in and he sees like the dudes like he 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 got his jacket caught on a nail. So there's some fabric. So yeah. he's like, oh, a gray suit. And then he looks and he's like, oh, this guy's clearly left-handed. This is Batman. Yes. And he's fi- he the- finds hairs, too. He's got forensic yep. evidence. The world's greatest detective. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> so, like, he's been spouting. Mom, Mom, there's a ninja Batman. <laughs> Mom, Batman's a real ninja. He's played by a Japanese guy. He could be a slime house. Turn it off. <laughs> Read a book, fatty. So... So he's like, you know what? Saito had some pretty compelling evidence against this cop. I better go kill him. Cut to this restaurant, and it's like the 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 cop has the 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 necklace, and he's selling it to another guy, just a rando businessman. They do the old like, I'm gonna slide this briefcase with my foot over to you in this <laughs> restaurant. This uh. This TGI Fridays that we're eating in here. Actually, it kind of looks like a ground round, to be completely honest. I thought a Ponderosa was going to pop into my head. Oh, it might be a Ponderosa Steakhouse, man. So they're having a nice, you know, little crime dinner here. And this dude walks (laughs) in, and he's just like, his line is something like, See ya, Charlie. And he pulls out this automatic weapon and kills the entire restaurant. It's like a Gestapo gun. It's crazy town. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he first kills the shit out of the cop, but then yeah. proceeds to murder everybody in this restaurant, shoots up a bunch of, like, it's one of those restaurants with, like, the open-air kitchen so you can see what's going on while you eat, just fires wildly into that, breaking all these plates and well, whatnot. No witnesses. Pissed off. He just found out that he turned on this killing machine yeah. for nothing. Yep. For nothing. He's activated the Terminator. 
And there is no off Maybe switch. You could have just killed this fat fuck right here, <laughs> and this would have all been over. Would have taken two seconds. Just kill this cop. Get on with your life. <laughs> oh, man. So now we start. Full ninja. It's full ninja. We're full at 100%. And also, you don't often see this, but the I, I, how often do you see a guy in a shredder mask? That isn't Shredder throwing <laughs> down. It's awesome. That's what he, he puts on his his ninja mask is like the Shredder helmet. Yeah, he's yeah. got like armor, like the whole I'm sure thing. there's a real word for it, by the way. I'm Yo, sorry yeah. for being. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, it's uh, we're being a little culturally ignorant. But yes, uh, very. what are you going to do? Uh, so, yeah, he goes on a full scale, 100 percent grade A prime cut ninja rampage slaughter. Oh, Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. Incredible massacre. He's got everything, man. Everything. He brings everything. Lays waste. Okay, you got like, so he's he's like, starts storming this compound. It's a compound. It kind of looks like where uh, Forrest Gump's mother lives. (laughs) Yeah, he's storming storming the Gump compounds. (laughs) (laughs) And he starts off with some good old fashioned bow and arrows. Yes. Arrows to the face arrows to the throat yeah right through the throat out the back see you later dude gets fucking couple, kevin bacon couple stars to the skull oh, oh yeah then the ninja oh, right yes. through the skull yeah, a guy gets a ninja star right in the forehead like thunk it's incredible Beautiful. Yeah. these guys do not stand a chance against this one man army it's awesome. You know, most superheroes are like, I'm going to live once so he can tell the tale. This guy doesn't <laughs> believe that at all. Well, no, because the whole thing, by the way, is the dad says to him before he leaves Japan, he's like, and by the way, no one can ever find out that you're a ninja. Like, you, you know, It's like a very secret. Brother. Yeah, he's like, this is this is a secret that's been kept for, for, for centuries. Or your brother's death is going to come to light and we're really going to be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we're going to get found out this dojo's getting shut down too sweet. I can't have them coming asking questions about Kevin. Kevin is, is dead, long dead. I can't have them looking through my computer. If anybody, oh, it's would, a little before that, I guess. It's like the idea of a ninja named Kevin. <laughs> Sensei Kevin <laughs> and and his disciple Roy. And this is Master Brad. <laughs> So he's going through, just laying waste, just salting the earth with these people. It's awesome. And then they actually do start, you know, they start shooting at him. A lot of these guys are like, stormtroopers can't hit him. But when they actually do, they shoot him a few times. Does does that stop him? I don't fucking think so. Well, he's got like a little bit of ninja armor on. So like one goes off the helmet, you know, his arms, his chest pads. Yeah, I think he takes at least one. He He does. He gets shot in the thigh. Right. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. But he's so he's so hepped up. It doesn't matter. He's going full ninja. He doesn't even feel it. Doesn't give a shit. I mean, he had to. I I think he did some PCP. I mean, I guess the (laughs) honor too. I'm sure the honor is pretty, you know, gets you jazz. It's but. like 95% honor, 5% bath salts. I yeah. Guess. yeah, you know, you just <laughs> a good <laughs> snort or two, and then you go and do just a super like rampage. Yeah, I mean, it was laying all over his tobacco shop. <laughs> yeah, that quote unquote tobacco <laughs> shop. There was some remnants of what they were dealing over there. Yeah, that definitely was. So he gets to like the boss, whatever this fella's name is, but the dude from my big fat Greek wedding, and he's like, "Now, now, hold on a second, Mister Saito. We can work work out some sort of agreement here." And he, Saito, pulls out this gigantic—I don't even know 
what you would call it. Oh, it looks man. like it, it's like a, a razor sharp tire iron. Yeah, it's like it's like this weird spike thing that like it rolls together to become like one like a like a giant ninja star, but different with like it's like longer and spikier. Yeah, like he pulls it out of his pocket and shakes it like a butterfly knife, and it turns into this huge weapon. Usually we would uh, refer to this when we were talking about a gun, but it is a god killer. Yeah, no, yeah. this thing is a god killer. And he chucks it at this dude like a frisbee and nails this fat ass to the door because yep. it hits him in the throat. And this guy's flopping on the door like a dead <laughs> yeah. fish. Yeah. And Saito's just watching him like Michael Myers, like crooking his head. Like, <laughs> Look at that, man. Look what? at the work I'm doing. They watch the soul leave and go <laughs> be dragged right down to hell. Exactly. Just like Willie Lopez. (laughs) You're dead, Willie. (laughs) Uh, You're dead, Limehouse Willie. (laughs) That's uh, a ghost reference. Ghost. Patrick Swayze stars in Ghost. With Whoopi Goldberg and and Demi Demi Moore. Moore. (laughs) And some other guy. And Tony Goldwyn as Willie. No, Tony Goldwyn is not Willie. not Willie. Yes, you're correct. (laughs) And... With Tony Gold as not Willie. As exactly not Willie. And Vincent Chevelli as the angry subway ghost. <laughs> <laughs> great, great role, too. He was great, man. I love Vincent Chevelli. R.I.P.D. So we finally get the Limehouse. Oh, man. And uh, whoa, man. It's like, it's it's, like he, he it's, pulls a shovel on him. <laughs> it's, it's almost too much for one movie. Almost. Yeah. This fight scene, and this is ridiculous, right? Because we are—we already mentioned he's a fat old man. He—he he looks like John Wayne after John Wayne should have stopped making movies, right? You and, know and what the, I mean? The de- the radiation from the Conqueror is setting <laughs> it's in. It's really setting in. I mean, this guy's just a fat sixty-year-old man, yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, he becomes almost an equal to Saito, a colossus. Yeah, <laughs> an unstoppable colossus. I don't know where this shit comes from. I think it's because I mean, this dude wrote the script, so he's like, yeah. and then my character becomes a superhuman fighting machine too. <laughs> well, they cut out all my sex scenes. I'm gonna definitely have a long fight scene. This death has got to come with some effort. So we see, we see this. He's Limas is throwing around a shovel. He's got a sword. He, like the sword somehow breaks in half a little bit. There is. An accidental axing yeah. in this movie. Like, it's it's hilarious. Like, Limehouse, his weapons are escalating. You know, he's, he starts with the shovel. You know, that gets broken. He finds, like, a knife or a sword or something that goes away. He finds an axe, and he starts swinging it around. And some other hoodlum comes up and just gets axed, like, in the neck by his yeah. boss. And Limehouse... Doesn't even skip a beat. Just no. let's just move on to the next weapon. Oh, what's that I see on the floor? A chainsaw? Well, why not? And all of a sudden, it's an Evil Dead fight. Well, the, the axing is a, another classic. Oh fuck! And just like, <laughs> then oh, I, got... I killed Roy. Uh, fuck. Okay, I... chainsaw. <laughs> what is going on in this building to have all that stuff? Uh, like, it's like sort of a lumber mill, but it also has a creepy ass room full of mannequins. And this is like Stanley Kubrick's Killer's Kiss. <laughs> I was gonna say Clute. <laughs> oh, yeah, but Killer's Kiss. It's like there's the, there's the it's the creepy mannequin factory, right? Which had like impossible geography. If you ever read up on that movie, oh and, yeah, yeah. 
And this place has impossible internal geography as well. And it's it's so crazy because it's like every other like thug in this movie is instantly dispatched by Saito, no problem. And all of a sudden he starts having issues with Limehouse, who he I guess here's what it is. Maybe throughout the course of this motion picture, all the people that he's been killing, he's been taking their essence. Right, and he becomes stronger oh, with like, every soul that he takes. Like the one with Jet Li. <laughs> yes, exactly. The stay more tuned. Probably that he kills, yeah. he becomes bigger. Oh, that's yeah, a definite stay tuned. Jet Li throws a motorcycle at himself. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's the dumbest shit you'll ever see. But yeah, like maybe he's just he's like he's like drunk on all these souls, right? And these mm-hmm. souls are giving all this power. And all of a sudden he's like drunk on souls. <laughs> That's where that beer belly came from. The soul belly. Oh man, I've been drinking like six souls a night. <laughs> it's really starting to add up. I went down to the convenience store, tried to grab a kid, have some kid soul. <laughs> dad, dad, can we dad, I think you have a soul problem. I really do. I, can I think quit whenever I want. I you know, you say that every I, December, I, I, and it never happens. I work hard, so when I get home, I'm entitled to drink a couple souls, watch a little TV. Did your mother put you up to this? I bet your mother told you to say something. To I sent her to Aunt Betsy's. Uh, so they keep fighting. The cha- it, there's It's a chainsaw battle. There's a yep. chainsaw mm-hmm. battle for a little bit. Yeah, all these mannequins are just all over the place. And then all of a sudden, you're like, hmm, what's that I spy in the background of this mannequin factory? Oh, it's a huge, like, conveyor belt saw. And there's, like, lumber also being processed. Yeah, there's also, here. like, an engine room somewhere in here. I don't know what they're making in this factory, but it's terrifying. I guess they're making mannequins out of wood. Yeah, I, yeah, I right? Guess. I guess that's what's going on. I have no idea. And and It's a heavy-sanded job for some fella. <laughs> we, might, we might as well get to it because we can't describe a fight blow by blow. No, no. They, Saito pulls out this, like, it's sort of like... um. Like nunchucks, but with giant knives on the end of it. Yeah, it's pretty sick. And like he just nails um, Limehouse onto this log. He like crucifies him. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's just strapped down to this giant piece of lumber that's headed for the saw. Now we should say though, because it's it's badass. Prior to the crucifixion, oh man, there's a crucifixion in this movie. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Prior to the crucifixion. Limehouse has Saito on the conveyor belt. And Saito throws a ninja star at the at the like power console right. and jams the button so it stops and he can get off. So cut back to Limehouse crucified on this big California redwood and he's like no just just kill me just just kill me just kill me please kill me. Saito plucks the star from the power grid as if picking a flower from yep. the ground yeah because yep. yep. limehouse knows what's up he's yep. like you're gonna saw me in half right now <laughs> yeah and i'd rather you just kill me just kill me and look he told him told him you would pray for death yep yeah. and he's he's he's, he's doing there. it he's he's crucified like the lord you know maybe you could just let that one necklace go just just <laughs> Just, you know, oh. you win some, you lose some, you lose a necklace, 
Don't take it to this length. You're going to get sawed in half. No, but exactly. Like, you also had all that Coke to pedal. That would have got you a pretty yeah, penny. Yeah, this is a pretty nice pad, and I assume you have a nice one, too. Isn't it enough, <laughs> man? You're, I mean, if you're okay enough financially that you can throw all these sleazy boat parties, losing one little necklace isn't going to do you any harm. You rented out an entire cruise liner. Yeah. You, you don't think you might just want to let this one slide? <laughs> So he plucks it and walks away, and this dude just gets sawed in half. You don't see it or anything. This movie isn't really big on the gore. But, but I think that's another cut scene that just hasn't f- been found to YouTube yet. Oh, you think so? I, think, oh, I mean, it's man. a pretty sudden cut. If I anyone has so. unrated Pray for Death, please, my God, send us or, a link. Or, yeah, let, write us in. We all hate movies at gmail.com. Let, let us know, is there a dummy that gets sawed in half here? <laughs> because, listen, I need some closure. Like, I, I'm not, like, foaming at the mouth to see some gore. I just feel like this character, this Limehouse Willie, has done so much heinous atrocity. Yeah. I need to see, I need proof that he's gone. This well, is the worst, <laughs> one of the most brutal villains I've ever seen. Well, that's the He's thing. the Joker, man. Yeah. They probably did use a villain, uh, uh, they probably did use a dummy. And what they did is right when he hits the buzzsaw, bursts into flames. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that the tree just catches on fire and he just burns and gets sawed in half. What's happening? How is this possible? I would love that to be a villain's last words. How is this possible? Dead. And by the way, much like in keeping with this Batman storyline, right? And I was getting a little worried. Because while the fight's going on, you're like, yeah, you got to fucking kill him. And he's been having some flashbacks. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, we don't, you know, we shouldn't kill. That makes me as bad as he does. And I'm like, God damn it, movie. God damn it. If you, if you wuss out at the last second and he doesn't kill this guy, I'm going to be seriously pissed. And it's much like the Batman narrative, right? Like, shouldn't be taking lives, man. You know, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Like, this is not going to work out. And then when I just saw him pluck that ninja star, I started cheering. And it's much like a Batman movie. Like, Batman is always killing people. He preaches to not kill people, and then he practices to totally kill people whenever possible, at all times, as horribly as you can. I kind of wish they had the cutaway. Like, the the cutaway has been the same shot of him just jabbing. Just stupid jabbing. jab shot. If I wish that right before he takes the star out, just, it's a cutaway, and it's Pat Hingle. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, there's no justice anywhere. Let's just fucking kill the buzzsaw this guy to death. So this the 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 our pet angle <laughs> comes back and is like, you know, like later on, I think he's like attending the funeral of his wife. Yeah, they're at the yeah. graveside, and the kids are like, hey, uh, so we going back to Japan where horrible shit didn't happen to us every day? And he's like, no, we're gonna stay here. Because we're going to be close to your mother. And that's what she wanted. Yeah, she, she would want us to keep up this disgusting, dirty restaurant. And plus the Riddler's about. <laughs> <laughs> Got a new guy on the street. Calls himself the Riddler. <laughs> Pat Engel fucking hands him a business card with a question mark on it. End of Pray for Death. Set up Pray for Death too. That's basically what happens because the police department is like officially just totally cool with this ninja murdering everyone. Right, but it's like, I, listen, I got it. The least I could do is say that I don't approve of what's going on. And he's like, he's like, so, Mr. Saito, um... You're pretty sure that there haven't been any ninjas around, right? And he, and the kid's like, ninjas don't exist, stupid white man. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a change. Yeah. What a, he knows he knows what to say when the the, the whites are around. 
It also, uh, the, the cop also goes, uh, some type of, uh, he was wearing some type of uh, oriental costume. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? God damn it. <laughs> There is a lot of offensive uh, Asian uh, derogatory yeah. terms just getting tossed all around this movie by characters that are supposed to be bad and good, by the way. You don't well, get yeah, to use the, the word slanty should never be in no. a, a movie like this ever. Period. It's heinous. Yeah, well, you know, he's got some hate in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> he does. As I, as I specified, he's got a lot of hate in his well, heart. Well, he's got a bajillion souls in his heart, so I mean, <laughs> he's drunk on all those souls. He he has to case his soul ice before he came over. Oh, man, he was puking up souls oh, all morning. Oh, man, Alter- alternative movie, he doesn't get killed. He does go away to jail, and by some coincidence, he gets like let out in 10 years, and it's affliction. And it's just him and his father dealing with their soul addiction in the middle of, you know, wintry Michigan or some shit like that. Sissy SpaceX trying to get him back on the fucking wagon, trying the right trail here. But he can't help it, all the souls. Well, I was a uh, big fan of Pray for Death 1, but Pray for Death 2 took some <laughs> odd turns. So, yeah, like the, dude's, it, the dude basically says, like, well, if you see your ninja friend... Tell him I don't want to see him around here anymore. And then, like, Saito's like, yeah, yeah okay, I'll tell him. And then the, the cop hands him a ninja star, and, and, and Saito bows to him. Yeah, it's just the biggest winkety-wink-wink of all time. And you know, you know this, this, this cop is, like, so, like, oh, oh. Oh, we're bowing now. Oh, oh great. Oh, oh I just uh, want uh, to do this. Oh, whoa, 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 how fun. Oh, 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 do oh, I lead, lead with my right? or no? Okay. Hun- honey, I was cultured today at work. <laughs> oh, man, you beat me to the joke. <laughs> honey, I bowed to an Asian man today at work. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to tell me all about it. <laughs> honey, I tackled a loafer today at work. <laughs> oh, well, then it's, it's a roast for you then tonight. <laughs> and I mean, my God. That's the end of an amazing movie. Insane. It was a blast. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. So it's going to be a recommend all around, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. This is a hard recommend. This movie is in full on YouTube. Check it out. You can search right, Pray for Death 1985 full. Enter. Click on link. Enjoy forever. Or, or, or you could uh, be responsible and buy it somewhere where, where Pray for Deaths are for sale. <laughs> That's or, called eBay, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, eBay or the Amazon used market, for sure. But this, much like Jim Cotta, by the way, I was like, ah, wish this was on Blu-ray. I'd buy, I'd buy a double disc. There would be of, of Jim Cotta and Pray for I Death. I mean, give greatest. Blue Underground a few more, you know, months. I almost want to write him a letter. You know, you know yeah. I want to write Tim League oh, of, draft of Alamo Drafthouse Man. And be like, hey. Here's your next Draft House Films re-release. Pray for Death. It's amazing. Well, it's a recommend. It's not a Wake and Fright recommend. No, <laughs> no. But what what could be a Wake and Fright recommend? But I mean, this is a fun movie, and you know, it's 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 not often on this program we get to tackle something that we enjoy. And also, this is another really great thing about Listener Request Month, right? right? It's like, yeah, between the four of us, we've seen. A ton of movies because that's all we do because we're big losers. But like, that's what's amazing about movies. There's always going to be stuff you've never heard of that someone else. And has. these request months bring out some amazing stuff. You know what was like Food Fight, Invisible Child, Hider in the House. Like, all these all are came from Perfect from Stranger. Yeah, 
from 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 recommendations from listeners and we figured my god this movie's so great it's gonna be a fun way to kick off the month and oh i want to watch it again Watch that bandsaw death again. <laughs> oh, no! Why is this happening? God, it seems impossible, doesn't it? This is so unlikely. <laughs> oh, when I woke up this morning, did not think I'd see that on my TV. Oh, that is Pray for Death from 1985. Directed by Gordon Hessler. Thank you very much, Mike from Minneapolis. If you want more information about We Hate Movies, check out our website, whmpodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at WHM Podcast. If you have the unrated cut of this film, write in weallhatemovies at gmail.com. And I write urgent yeah. in the subject so, line. Yeah, cl- Click the little red exclamation mark so I know... That you mean business because you've got what I want. High importance. We all hate movies at gmail.com. Check out Eric's program, Blame It on Outer Space, tackling conspiracy theories in a comedic fashion every other week. Blame it on outer space.com at Blame Space Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Blame It on Outer Space. Both of these fine shows are available on places like iTunes and, uh, Stitcher. and Stitcher Radio. Wherever you get the shows, man, just give a little rate and review. It helps the profile of our show. Yeah. Let's more people experience. We hate movies and blame it on outer space. Yeah, that can't be understated. Rating uh, a podcast in the iTunes store for some reason is a big deal. It helps the show get a profile there. You know, it helps people find the show if you rate it. So please do so. And, you know, 2014 is the year of telling people about we hate movies. So, you know, it's it's been nice to see some new people interacting with us on social media. Let's crank that up even more. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your grandma. She might get a kick out of it. Until next week, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gabin. Take it easy. Take it easy.